land that I love Stand beside her and guide her Through the night with the light from above From the mountain to the prairie To the ocean white with foam God bless America My home sweet home God bless America My home sweet You know, one of the verses I, first verses I learned as primary was, I was glad when they said unto me, let us come into the house of the Lord. And there was a little song that we sang with that. But I was glad when they said unto me, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. He has made me glad, he has made me glad. I will rejoice, for he has made me glad. You know, He's made me glad. And there's times when I don't want to get up in the morning. Have you ever been there? But you get up and you go about your day's business. And those days that I don't want to do anything, if I get up and I get around and start doing, first thing you know is I'm enjoying the day. Things don't always have to start off perfect. But you know we're going to end with Jesus in heaven. He's either going to come and get us or we're going to meet him up there. So greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. 
greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Satan's like a roaring lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour, the Bible tells me so. Many souls have been his prey to fault in some weak hour. But God has promised us today his overcoming power. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Is he that is in me than he that is in the world. On the day of Pentecost, a rushing mighty wind blew into the upper room and baptized all of them with a power greater than any earthly foe. I'm so glad, so glad I've got to do i let the whole world know Greater is he that is in me Greater is he that is in me Greater is he that is in me Than he that is in the greater Greater is he that is in me Greater is he that is in me Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You know, there's another promise out there, and I, I bore you with it, but he's promised me that he will never leave me nor forsake me. That promise isn't tied to anything that Alan does. It's not tied to anything that you do. It's a promise that He made us all once we have accepted Him as our Lord and Savior that He will be with us all the time, everywhere, regardless of where we are. And you know, He will fill us with His presence and with His Spirit if we trust Him. And that Spirit is there whether we do or not. It's whether we receive it or not. So fill my cup like the woman at the well. Like the woman at the world I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Savior speaking draw from my well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, Fill it up and make me whole. There are millions in this world who are craving 
the pleasures earthly things afford, but none can match the wondrous treasure that I find in Jesus Christ my Lord. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. So my brother, if the thing this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away my blessed Lord will come and save you if you kneel to him and humbly pray fill my cup Lord I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make There are many assurances in the Bible. God gives us His promise. But there's a blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. Is He yours? Amen. Do you trust Him for that small thing? Amen. For that big thing? For everything. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, I'm washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. 
glory, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest, I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. You know, that song said, filled with His Spirit, not my spirit. Filled with His Spirit. You know, we can't speak how great He is enough. How He provides every need, every care. How great Thou art. Yeah, let's stand as we sing this. Oh Lord my God, when I it also wonder, consider all the worlds your hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displays then sinks my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then
things I want to say to you this morning from the bulletin because most of you don't read it. You need to be aware of the bulletin and things that are happening therein. You want to be aware this morning that in the bulletin it talks about there's a baptism today. Dustin Laviel is here today and he's going to be baptized at the end of the service. Not something we usually do. So clap your hands. That's a good thing. Yes. He's been wanting to do this for some time, and we just haven't been able to do it. Last time we were having a one-service Sunday morning, and we had no power in Shawnee, right up until the time this service would about started. And so we had called people and let them know that we weren't going to be able to do that. And so he's excited about being baptized this morning. We want to thank God for that. We want to thank God this Wednesday. This coming Wednesday will be our Lord's Supper Blood Covenant evening. If you have not celebrated the Blood Covenant recently, we invite you to come. You say, well, I'm not a member of the church. We're still inviting you to come and be a part of it and say, so you can understand what the Blood Covenant is all about. It's more than just taking a little bit of grape juice and a little bit of wine and some dry cracker that doesn't have any taste to it at all. It's staking a claim. God in heaven, the angels want to know if we want to stake a claim and is taking a claim in what the covenant is all about we'll be doing that this wednesday the women will have their uh, time of prayer and and scripture songs and uh, praise and it'll be in the uh, not in the church library anymore it is now the church um 
Conference room, thank you, I won't get used to that. The conference room, and it's at 11 a.m. on Wednesday morning, and all of you are invited. All of you women that have been coming to this or have been there recently in the last few months, all of you that are here, stand up, please. All the women that have come to those, those prayer and praise times, look around, turn around, look back at the women, because you want to you eyeball every woman here and say, we want you to come. Come on, y'all turn around and look back. Don't be as shy and embarrassed. You want those women to come. Don't you want those women to come? Amen. So they're inviting you right now. You're going to have a chance to be able to go out and shake some hands and do that here in a few seconds. The men's prayer breakfast will be this Saturday at 9 a.m. Men, you're invited. I'm eyeballing you now. You need to come. If the church is not praying, we shouldn't be surprised that things are happening the way they are. And the church really needs to be praying for Israel. We have been grafted into Israel. We're not separate from them. Too many churches think, well, it doesn't matter what happens there. It does matter what happens there. Because as things are moving, everything is going to be about Israel now. It's no longer going to be about the outlying nations. And if you're not aware, the nations are all raging either internally or at one another. And we need to be praying so that God can move. So I invite you men to come this Saturday morning at 9, it's 9 a.m. It'll be in the cafeteria. And then there's a few things that are on the back about a possible fellowship. There's a, um, the women will be on January the 20th, will, 20th will be having a special meeting and it's going to be on a Saturday at 10 a.m. down in the elementary building and there's some missions report from Dr. Marcy Mitchell about Mexico and the Liberty Academy and I see some students from Liberty Academy here today I'm glad that y'all are here I think Dr. King would like to recognize you yeah so all of you that are here from his 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 class stand up go ahead come on yeah, thank God. Thank you, God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It's good to have them here this morning. I'm glad you challenged them to come and be here. And so y'all are going to have a chance to be able to reach out and touch them here in a few seconds. Let's see, I think I've got about everything done in here. Oh, there are some ball games this week and next week. How many of y'all like basketball? Then you want to come. I'll guarantee you, if you've come and you've never been to the game before, if you'll say, Phil Thompson invited me, I'll pay for you to be able to get in. Okay? And if one will be this Tuesday at, they start at 5, then another one at 6, and another at 7.30. You can come and have a great evening. Or if you just want to come to one of them, the girls start at 6 o'clock. And I'll guarantee you some of these girls will be playing in that game. So you'll come in and you'll enjoy that. Amen? All right, so you want to come and be at all of them if you can. All right, I think that's all of the announcements that we have to, to do at this moment. We need to take up an offering, so if everybody will stand, so that we can do that. And uh, there are two reasons why we have an offering here at Liberty Baptist Church. One is because we are begged by the Holy Spirit not to bring tithes and offerings. This is tithes and offerings. We're offering something different now. In Romans, the 12th chapter, the Holy Spirit, through Paul, speaking to the Roman church, begged them, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, this is the Holy Spirit begging us, that you offer your bodies a living sacrifice. 
Some of of us are wondering why things are happening the way they are. Are you giving your life, your body to Jesus? Dr. King is going to give you that opportunity today when he brings the message to give your life, your body to Jesus. So if you're giving your life to God, I'll guarantee you he can do more than you've allowed him to before. You may have begged him and said, please God, take care of this thing for me. Give your body, your life to him. The second is when we offer up tithes and offerings, he says that he wants to open the windows of heaven. Do you know something? When the church does this, he opens the windows of heaven for more than just these few people gathered here. He opens them for our neighbors. He opens them for our families. He opens them them for the people who are homeless and shawnee. We need to be praying and bringing tithes and offerings so God can open the windows of heaven. Bow with me in prayer. Father, we want to thank you for this opportunity and ask your blessings to be upon us and to be among us and to touch those who are needing today for you to open the windows of heaven and remind us the Holy Spirit begged through Paul. And he's begging us today. Why won't you let me have your life? You think it's too messed up? I'm the one who can do things with your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name, and the church says, we're receiving the offering, and then after that, Brother Randy Thompson will come forward. Thomas, I think I called you Thompson. Good morning. How neat to be here and to see so many different people that we see all during the week and we don't get to be together at the same Sunday service. Um, Speaking of Paul, in Romans, the first chapter, verse 16 and 17, I'm reading from the Amplified, so bear with me. There's a few extra words in there. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation from his wrath of punishment and punishment to everyone who believes in Christ as Savior, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. As it is written and forever remains written, the just and upright shall live by faith. And I think about the power that it took to resurrect and to think that that power lives inside of us through God and that we are required to believe 
that's what we do is Amen. we believe. Amen. Wow. It is right. Wow. You know, it, uh, one of the uh, commentaries on this that I read said, we must know and believe the good news in our hearts, not just in our minds. The gospel is to show us what God is, to show us his love and his mercy for us, and not to tell us how bad we are, but to tell us how much he loves us despite how bad we are. Amen? Amen. So I start to feel a little more comfortable when I'm in church when I realize that it's his love that we're focusing on, how great he is, not how great we are. Amen? Okay. And I'm going to flip over real quick because this, this ties in. And in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, I'm going to start with verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in and joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous morals and spiritual conditions have passed away. Behold, a new thing have, has come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. But all these things are from God who reconciles us to himself. He reconciles us when we don't even deserve it. Through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So not only did he reconcile us, but he gave us a ministry. I used to sit and hear that and think, what could I possibly offer? And look at you. Look, look, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amen. <laughs> we all, every single person here has a ministry. That, there is no exception. Amen. God takes what you were and what you are now and turns it into a ministry. And this says, so that by our example, we might bring others to him. Thank you, God. So we're in a situation here as a church body where every single day God has a ministry for us to deliver and a place to go to do it. And it is not hard because he is going to tell you where to go and he is going to show you the opportunity and your life is part of what makes that so special. And you can touch people in different ways. Each of us has a story and a life that will touch other people that maybe Phil can't touch or somebody else can't touch. Amen? So God didn't save us just so we could be saved. He saved us so that others could be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. If you would, bow your head. Father God, thank you for the Holy Spirit.
thank you that the Holy Spirit lives here too. Thank you for everybody who hears your word and accepts it into their heart so that you can change their life into that which you, in, you intended, the purpose that you had for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Randy. Look at you, brother. Look at you. You've been an amazing man all of the time that I've ever known you, but you're amazing in different ways now than before that I saw you before. Thank God for that. All right, one other thing I'd like to do. Are there any guests or visitors in the congregation? If you all put your hand up right quick. Guests or visitors, I want you all to look around. Some of Dustin's family's right back here with him. You want to introduce yourselves to him here in a few seconds. Are there any other guests? We have one right back here on the back row, a woman right back there on the back row that should have her hand raised up real high because she was here about a week or two ago and she's come back again. Isn't that marvelous? Clap your hands. Thank God for that. I don't know how many times Annette has been here before because in this service she's not been here very often, but she's been here some. Annette, we're glad to have you with us this morning back over here. Are there any others? Any others? Now then, uh, I don't know if you... I don't see... Who am I? Yes, sir. It's good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for coming and joining with us. And back over here, Leslie has her mother here, and she's been with us, I think, three different Sundays now, and it's good to have her with us. Everybody get back over there when you can, and you can shake her hand. Leslie, throw your hand up in the air so they'll know where they're, they're coming. There you go, right back over there. Now then, are there any birthdays or celebrations today? Are there birthdays or celebrations? Okay, wait just a second then. Any birthdays or celebrations? Right where? And now, that was, was he one of the people that threw his hand up in the air? Well, I don't see him. That, okay, yes, that's part, of, that's part, that's part of, of Dustin's family. Yeah, so it's good to have them here with us today. All right, am I, have I overlooked anybody else? Right back here. So good to see you this morning. God bless you. God bless you. That's marvelous. All right, now, there are, there, are there any birthdays or anniversaries? Which one is it? Her birthday? Stand up. <laughs> Notice I didn't make any of the visitors do that. Hurry, get up, get up so we can sing happy birthday. Everybody y'all ready to sing? Happy birthday to you, only one will not do. Born again in Christ Jesus, happy birthday to you. Did I miss anybody? Didn't? Well, then everybody stand up now and reach around to our visitors, especially over here with Leslie and back over there with Annette and back at the back and right here in the middle where D uh, Dustin's family is. Reach around. You only have three shakes of a sheep's tail. You better do it now. <laughs> Brother, I'll tame them down here in a few seconds. <laughs>
I'm here. I know it. Me too. It was a little easier to be here at this time. Now, test, 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 test. I don't know if you all realize how long it takes for sheep to shake their tails three times, but the time's up. Everybody needs to find their place and come back again so that we can have a marvelous uh, song, and then after that we'll have a great message by Dr. King this morning. Let's find our places, sheep. If I could, uh, I'd like to take just a moment um, as we settle back into our seats. just a brief moment here I want to uh, brother Phil thank you for recognizing the guests uh, and she is not really going to like this but she loves me and she's going to forgive me I know but the lady on the back is Kay Gilbert Kay I I know <laughs> I'll pay for that but she's going to love me through that I've known her Kay I did some math this morning and you know I'm not too good at math but I've known you for 50 we've known each other for 55 years okay so that's how long I've known Kay and again she was here as brother Phil said recently uh, her uh, husband Laddie just stepped over to the presence of God just a few weeks ago. They had Shawnee Glass, still have Shawnee Glass on Highland for as long as I can remember. So, Kay, you bless my heart and thank you for being here. And again, forgive me, but I really wanted to do that. Thank you. And uh, if, if your life hasn't touched hers yet, if it does, you will be blessed by her. So, uh, this song and my uh, information I could find is, uh, was written in uh, 1923. So, it just celebrated a 100th birthday. And I thought about the composer, as they wrote this song, how the, all the faith that was laced in the words. And then I thought about the countless saints who have sang this song the last hundred years, who are now experiencing this song. It is a reality for us today. We're just not experiencing yet. I bowed on my knees and cried holy. I dreamed I went to that city called glory. Glory to the sun. 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Mark, Luke, and Timothy. But I said, I want to give praise to chapter and uh, with the 22nd 22nd verse oh thank you pastor you always looking after me appreciate that <laughs> when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors 
and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowd around against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. May God add His richest blessing to the reading of His Word. Who touched me? The question seems strange to people who are all around Jesus. Because when he asked it, Jesus was in the midst of a huge crowd. He was on his way to the home of Jairus, a local synagogue administrator, to administer to his daughter who was, who was, uh, dis who was distressed and sick. A crowd was following Jesus, and crowds, by their very nature, intrude upon our space, bumping into us, rubbing shoulders with us. And that's why it's important that we are careful about the crowd with which we travel. Never believe that we can travel with the wrong crowd and not be touched by it. In other words, the crowd that we travel with has a great deal about how we live our lives. It is a correct saying that bad company ruins good manners. <laughs> Even the strongest saint can be adversely affected by the wrong crowd. Amen. It's hard to consistently hang around with a crowd of negative thinkers, gossipers, pessimists, unbelievers, and not be influenced by their standards of those crowds. Amen. Now many a parent has said to me, my child isn't bad, she just got in with the wrong crowd. You know, if, if Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, and his successor to the throne, had not listened to the wrong crowd, right. he would not have made the wrong administrative decision that resulted in the split of the kingdom into the northern part known as Israel and the southern part known as Judah. If the prodigal son had associated himself with the right crowd, he probably wouldn't have ended up in a pig pen. When our Lord was being tried, Peter did what he considered to be unthinkable. He denied Jesus because he was with the wrong crowd. When our Lord was being tried, he denied him. The crowd we travel with can make a difference in our lives. 
One of the principles of alcoholics and narcotics, sexaholics, smokers, overeaters, and gamblers, and anonymous, their, their, their principle is that the crowd that we associate with can make a difference in our lives. If the crowd we associate with is supportive of our efforts to do the right thing, then that support can be our salvation. That's what the fellowship of the church is all about. It is a supportive crowd of those who are trying to do the right thing. We're not a perfect crowd. <laughs> Neither are we called to be a judgmental or a condemning crowd of those who have made mistakes or those that are weak. We are not called to be negative and, and, and are a fault-finding crowd. We're not called to be self-righteous and a mean-spirited crowd or an arrogant or an elitist crowd, but we are called to be a supportive crowd for those who are trying to do the right thing. If the crowd we associate with is supportive of our wrongdoing, then that crowd can be detrimental to our souls. Sometimes we hold on to certain crowds because we consider them to be our friends. I'm not telling anyone to get rid of their friends if they are truly our friends. But sometimes we need to take a long, hard look of those we consider our friends. One day, my son and I were driving out of the parking lot at high school, and there were some boys standing around a car. And I said to my son, who are those boys? He said, those are the losers. Those are the losers. I told him something that I used to hear older people say when I was young. I said, son, water has a way of seeking its own level. Losers hang out with losers. Drunks hang out with drunks. Cokeheads hang out with cokeheads. Gossipers hang out with other gossipers. Negative minds attract negative minds. Fault finders always hang around with other fault finders. Sometimes in life we have to choose between our so-called friends and our very soul. We have to choose between our so-called friends and our families. We have to choose between our so-called friends and those we love the most. True friends encourage us to do the right thing. If a crowd is not supportive of our efforts to get clean and stay clean, to get sober and stay sober, if a crowd is not supportive of our efforts to get an education, if a crowd is not supportive of our getting our history lessons, if a crowd is not supportive of our efforts to expand our knowledge, to improve ourselves, to strengthen our family relationships, if then that the persons in that crowd, no matter what we've done with them in the past or how long we've known them, they are not our friends. True friends want what is good for us, even if they are left behind. True friends will always encourage us to do the right thing. If you don't remember anything else in this sermon this morning, remember this.
Take heed of the crowd with which you associate, young man. Young man, young woman, take heed of the crowd that you associate with. Married man, married woman. Single man, single woman. You may get lonely sometimes. You may get discouraged sometimes. But still, take heed of the crowd with which you associate. Jesus was in the midst of a crowd that was jostling Him and touching Him and shoving Him and pushing Him. When all of a sudden, He stopped. And He said, Who touched me? Who touched me? Those close to Him were puzzled by that question and said, You see this crowd pressing around you and all these people, and you want to know who touched me? Now, unknown to any of the crowd around Him, a woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years, she had spent everything she had trying to get a cure to no avail. She had come up behind Jesus trying to find a cure and she touched His garment in the crowd. He said, she said, if I can just touch the fringes, if I just touch even His garments, I know that I'll be made whole. Now one would think that such a faith came by seeing the works of Jesus or hearing the promise of His works for, for herself. But however, according to the Scripture, this woman had only heard reports all about Jesus. There is possibility that she had never seen Jesus or ever heard Him say anything or ever seen Him heal anybody. However, she was prepared to believe based upon what she had heard we do not know how she received the reports concerning Jesus, but however, somebody had to bring to her the good news about Jesus' mighty power. Somebody. We must never underestimate our importance as individuals in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't underestimate that. The faith is carried not simply by spell-binding preachers and traveling evangelists, but by individual believers who are unashamed, who are enthusiastic about sharing the good news of their salvation. How do we win souls for Jesus? By simply telling people what Jesus means to us. We do not win souls by badgering them. We don't win souls by worrying somebody about it or by trying to answer questions about God or the Bible or our religion that we don't sometimes even understand ourselves. We don't win souls with fake piety and super holiness. We win souls to Christ by telling others in language that is plain and simple about what Jesus means to us. If you want to win a soul for Jesus, tell them what's in your heart. Tell them about what Jesus means to you personally. Your words don't have to be great big outstanding words. Your vocabulary doesn't have to be impressive. Your knowledge of the Bible doesn't have to be so great. But if what you say truly, truly comes from your heart, then people can tell it and they can feel it. There will always, there will always be people who know more Bible and can quote it better than you can. Amen. My wife can. <laughs> she, she, 
she corrects me sometimes. You know, she's, she, she knows it. There will always be people who know more Bible, quote it better. There will always be persons who can out-debate and out-argue you. But nobody, but nobody will know more about uh, Jesus than what Jesus has done for you. And you need to tell that. Now, the woman in our text, she'd suffered a long time. And over years, her condition had continued to deteriorate. Now, many of you know what it is to labor with a problem and have things go from bad to worse. How frustrating it is to pray over children and then watch them go from bad to worse, from one bad crowd to another. How vexing it is to try to work out the problems of a relationship and see things go from bad to worse. How depressing it is to go from doctor to doctor, spend dollar after dollar, take prescription after prescription, try treatment after treatment, and watch your health go from bad to worse. Who is to say that after suffering for 12 years, this woman was not just ready to give up? Yet, at that very moment, she either overheard somebody talking, or someone told her directly about a healing prophet from Galilee, this news so rekindled her hope that she dared to venture into the crowd and risk possible rejection to seek out Jesus. She had no idea what Jesus would, how Jesus would respond to her. She didn't know. But based upon what she had heard, she dared to believe. What you have to say may be the very thing the person to whom you are speaking needs to hear at that very moment. The person may be so discouraged in spirit that he or she is at the breaking point. He may be considering suicide or on the verge of even a mental breakdown. She may be ready to take another drink. She may be ready to reach for a quick fix. He may be just plain ready to give up. Perhaps what she needs to hear at that point in her life is your testimony. When you say, when I was sick, God's power healed me. When I was down, God's love healed me. When I was lost, God's love found me. The power of Jesus' redeeming love freed me. When I didn't know how I was going to make it, the Lord stepped in and made a way. Your word, not the preacher's or somebody else's that you consider to be better equipped than you, your word, your word, may be what some distressed, embattled soul needs to hear that will motivate her or him to reach out to Jesus and reach for him with such faith and hope that Jesus passes and says, when, as he's passing, he says, Who touched me? Who touched me? What was it in the woman's touch that caused Jesus to pause? First, hers was a crowd-defying and determined touch. You know, her condition meant that she was ceremoniously unclean, and as such, the church, the temple, was closed to her. It's closed to her. She was shut off from the very place that could give her hope that she needed. Illness people are bad enough, but when there is a stigma attached to it, there is a double cross to bear. 
trouble plus isolation. Trouble and, and, and isolation and loneliness, a double bitter pill to swallow. When, there are, when those we would expect to support us pull away from us and shun us, the pain of our affliction cuts like a two-edged sword. Any burden is especially torturous when we have to bear it by ourselves. When people are ashamed, people, when people are afraid to admit that they even know us. Sometimes, as the people of God, we shut others off from the house of God by our attitudes. Our attitude about certain illnesses, our attitude about certain kind of trouble, and certain weaknesses, forgetting that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Our attitudes about people's background are their past mistakes. These attitudes sometimes make others feel shut out and isolated from the very place where they should be receiving help. We who have clothing and shelter, we who have food and family, we who have a job and education, we who have looks and health, still need to hear a word from the Lord because of the problems that arises in our lives. Then think about how much more a word from the Lord is needed by others. Those who are hungry. Those who are hopeless. Those who are ill-clothed. Those with broken health. Those with no work. Those with no money. Those who are angry, those who feel just right down no good, they need to hear news that Jesus saves from the guttermost to the uttermost. This woman, with her stigmatizing, bleeding condition, in the opinions of some person, should not have even been out in public, and they didn't want her even mixing with the crowd. How would people react to her if they'd noticed her pale, emaciated body in their midst? However, for the opportunity, by being blessed and healed by Jesus, this woman was prepared to defy the crowd. Whether the crowd approved of her presence or not, she was not going to miss out on her blessing. Jesus is always deeply touched even by the simplest touch, when faith is determined to defy the crowd and press on to victory. It must not have been easy for this frail woman to press her way through to the crowd to reach Jesus. And yet, she was determined to make contact with the Savior. Jesus always pauses when His children don't allow obstacles and hindrances and disappointments to stop them from reaching out to Him. When despite disappointments in the past and discouragement in the present, they press on anyhow. At this very moment, somebody needs to reach out for salvation. At this very moment, somebody who has strayed needs to find a way back to God. Somebody who has been discouraged, somebody who has been stopped working and they, they stopped working in the church. They need to make a brand new commitment. At this very moment, Jesus is passing by and we can't let anything stop us from reaching out and touching Him. 
Jesus is healing of the heart. Jesus is the healing of hurt, healing of the body. Jesus has the hope. Jesus has the help, the forgiveness, and the cleansing that every one of us need. What do you need? Where are you today? This woman had a daring faith. She believed that only a touch can bring healing. That's a bold and that's a daring proposition. Jesus always pauses in the presence of a daring faith. It takes a daring faith to believe that no matter how long we've labored with our affliction, no matter how long we've labored with our addiction, no matter how long we've labored with that problem, we can still be delivered and we can still be healed when the divorce rate is high as it is. It takes a daring faith to believe that our relationship can work. When there are so many temptations and distractions, it takes a daring faith to live a holy life. What happens? When a crowd defined, determined, and daring faith meets a powerful and a supportive Savior, healing happens. Wholeness is given. Salvation comes. When we stand forth and fall at the feet of Jesus like that woman did and tell our story, Jesus looked at her and said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Be healed of your disease. Jesus called that woman daughter. Jesus called her daughter. She who had been shut off was called daughter by our Savior. The world may write us off, but we still are God's children. Jesus, one of your children touched you today. One of your lonely, needy, desperate, rejected, discouraged, weak and broken child is reaching out to you today. Let's stand and sing our hymn. He touched me. Let us stand. If you're here today and you've been touched by the Lord, you come for it. Are you here? Have you been baptized? Some of us need to be baptized. Have you been baptized? Now's the time. We're going to be baptizing. You come and accept Jesus Christ and be baptized. The invitation is open to you. Jesus is waiting. Let us sing. Shackle by a heavy burden Neath a load of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus touched me Now I am no longer the same my soul something has happened and now I know he touched me and made me
Amen. You may be seated. We've got a baptism. Are you ready, Phil? Ready for screen up, Gary. Jesus' name we pray and the church says, Amen. Amen. Bring it down. 